Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our second car cast of the preseason. I'm Owen Newkirk alongside the effervescent Sean Shapiro as we are now commencing two of three preseason car casts to get ourselves in regular season form. And tonight was a five to three stars win over the Minnesota Wild. And to jump way over the lead, John, it could have easily been six, if not for about a quarter of an inch on the post on an empty net attempt by Tyler Pitlick. Yes. Um, yeah, we're really jumping the shark here, aren't we? Why not? We're um, in the preseason. We can do it backwards. Yep. The uh, Tyler Pitlick empty netter chance from about a... Right from his own blue line. Yeah, so I'm starting to do rough math, and we know how bad that could be. 140 feet, 140 maybe? feet. 145 feet, roughly. Yeah, roughly. Um, where it hits, hits off the post, um, and that would have been 6-3. Stars now 3-0-1 in preseason, and good, it was a, it was a good overall aggressive game tonight. The uh, couple things I want to touch on that we say it could have been 6-3, we also, the other thing just to think about within this game, and we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about it quite a bit, is who knows, at one point they potentially could have been down 3-2, depending on whether, on what happens on Jamie Benn's first goal in the game, because who knows whether that gets rolled a goal or not in a real, in a regular season game, yes. that replay is available. Uh, um, should we go back to the beginning and, and do this chronologically instead of helter-skelter out of whack? I, I, I guess so. I okay. mean, let's. I mean, I, I guess we can we can start with with the overview. We can start with the lead. We can start with the lead of this okay. business tonight. I mean, um, well, pardon the pun, but lead us off. Yes, yes. So <laughs> so bad, but I had to do it. Tonight was Jim Montgomery has talked about opportunities and windows for players and guys and, and creating and creating chances that he wants to see guys take advantage of and. Tonight we saw that with Rope Hintz, where he got a chance on the first line playing with uh, Jamie Bennett and Alexander Radulov, scored a uh, scored a goal on a breakaway, nice little backhander where he took a really nice pass from John Klingberg, um, set up, helped set up a, he had one of those secondary assists where he actually earned that secondary assist yep. on Jamie Benz, so that turned into the game-winning goal, and he did it all, I mean, for... This and he a, almost had an empty netter he, after yeah. the pit leg attempt where he just couldn't pull the trigger with some pressure, back pressure, I guess you'd call it, and that would have been a nice icing on the cake, but ultimately he had a very good night. Yeah, he had a really good night. He kind of seized opportunity. Um, it was, it's not, is it a performance that wins him an NHL job? Probably, it's, it's hard to say on that level, but it's certainly something that makes the, the conversation um, more difficult about what you think, are we going to send him back to Cedar Park? Well, if, as you watch Robey Hicks' performance now, and as we've chronicled it from last year, where he got the call up and made his debut, and, and of course the, the AHL playoff run to the Calder Cup final, you can see, and with the progression this year that we've seen, you can see one very obvious thing. He actually did get an NHL game last year. Did, oh, that's right. He got called up he got called four up. times. He got worked. called up and took warm-ups three times. Three times. Yeah. The point is, is that as you watch him work his way forward, you can clearly see that it's not if, it's when he will be on the NHL roster permanently, not just for a temporary call-up. He's growing and developing, and it's gonna. It's a matter of time, right? It's not if, it's when. Yeah, and, and in my view, like, actually, I think the time is now, I think. I look at him, and I think this team is better with Rope Hintz on the roster. That's how I look at it. Now, that's my view. I don't... 
I don't get to make that final decision, obviously, but... Well, it's an um, interesting one to talk about because the, the top three lines look like they're pretty much figured out at the moment, as we saw by tonight's roster yeah. lineup, with the exception of Tyler Sagan, who wasn't in from hint play for him, but yeah. it looks like it's going to be Ben Sagan and Radulov in the first, on the top line with Yanmark, Svetson, and Chushkin, and then followed by third line of Como, Foxa, and Pitlick, who had a nice goal Blake Como did tonight, yep. um, to really solidify the Stars' lead in the third period after they had taken the advantage to make it a two-goal lead. But what really seems to be... Uh, we, we knew this kind of going into the camp was this was kind of the... That was the expected top nine. It seems to yep. be shaking out exactly that way. So then you have a handful of guys that are all fighting for three spots in the lineup and as many as two extras. Yeah. Because they're not going to carry six and 15. Nope. Um, as far as six defensemen and 15 forwards. They might do 14 and seven. I think that's what they'll end up doing. But the point is, is that they have, Dickin in no particular order, you have Jason Dickinson, Devin Shore, Brett Ritchie, Jamel Smith, Remy Ellie, uh, Rope Hintz. Am I missing anybody? Uh... Out that's there. six so yeah. far. Outlier would be Justin Dowling, who's been very good. Yeah, and, 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 and a Michael Mersh, maybe. Maybe Michael Mersh, yeah. maybe more for that fourth line role. Yeah. Uh, quick side note on Justin Dowling is that I think he's better suited for a top nine role than he is in a fourth line role because of minutes played and his ability that he can play on the power play. The problem is he's behind Tyler Sagan. Jason Spezza, and then of course on the third line, Roddick Fox is not going anywhere. Justin Dowling's in that spot where Travis Morin was five years ago. Right, or so, even three years yeah. ago. The, the thing that I could see very easily is that Justin Dowling, if there were an injury and he needed to maybe fill in on the second line, he could be very good there. Yeah. So anyway, but that, I, I digress. I just wanted to get that in there. But the point is, is that we have at least six, if not seven, forwards, and then some people have talked about. Dennis Gurionov, who I don't think is really in the conversation right now, but I am encouraged he's with the good. raw talent. Gurionov, so here's my take on Gurionov, because he's been good, and he's been really good in the preseason. I give the kid a lot of credit, because he went through a rough end of last season. He played in the AHL all season. He got to the point where he was scratching the biggest games the Texas Stars played right. um, last season in the, in the playoffs. He was scratched in the Western Conference Final, games in the Western Finals. He was scratched in games in the Calder Cup Final. He was... He went through a rough stretch to end last season, and he looks a lot better. Um, now... Here's the big thing about Denny, and I really this and Denny's a guy who I actually root for. Just he's a, he's a really good he's a he's a person I really like talking to. He's really smart. He, I, he's I, but just playing with speed and looking good in the preseason right now doesn't do enough yet to say can he know where to be and is he in the right spot in a real NHL game? And we still don't have right. that. And the real issue is that of where he was taking in his in, in, in the yes, first round. Yes, if, yes. if he was drafted lower in the first round, or even in the second or third, then you go, oh yeah, you know, this guy looks like he could eventually de develop into something. So I do see some progress. I see, well, there's progress and for I, sure. I think there's progress another, for sure. But another year but in the I, there's AHL progress for sure. But Remember, just, he's, he's very young still. Yes, there's progress for sure. But I think that just I was just looking at the Twitter chatter and things like that. I think there needs to be some tapping the brakes. And I know because I've been asked a couple times, there needs to be some tapping the brakes on the thought that he's going to be on the opening night roster. There's no way. There's no way. Well, okay, and, so that gives me back to my point, yeah. Sean. We mentioned six players not 
including Gurionov, yes. for at most five spots. At most three in the in the yeah. fourth line, and then the extra two. And those are those five right now seem you know barring injuries seem very interchangeable. Yes, and to, not yeah. not saying that they're all the same, but saying that very easily if you're in that group of five, any of those five could be in or out of the line. Yes, and, that, and that, the and only one I think maybe really has a spot, and I may be wrong, but I think Devin Shore may have I think sure. a slight edge as far as all the others of who's definitely playing. Now, will he play center or wing? Because he can play both, that's still up in the air. Yeah. I kind of want to say he's going to be the fourth-line center, but, again, it depends on who is the personnel on. I but the point is is that there is no reason for Gurionov to come up and sit. No, there's no... Not so he's absolutely in the AHL... Probably all season. Oh, but no, maybe not. Maybe I mean, a call up. But he, I may just, have, he may have played his way. He may have played his way into playing in the NHL at some but point. But when you look season. at that group of guys, but, now, here's the other thing, Sean. Because of those six, as good as Rope Hints has been, he does not have to pass through waivers. So, if they want to hang on to all their assets, now granted, you can get slip a guy through waivers right at the big cut down times when teams don't have yeah. any room, but. I would say that there's still a chance that Hintz gets sent down to start the year, not because of anything he didn't do real well, but just simply because it protects all of the assets. And I agree that's actually highly likely. As, as much as it's not what I would do, it's highly likely that he starts the season in the AHL just because of how contracts and waivers handle things. And, and also because he may, as good as he's been, he may be the fourth guy on that list for three fourth-line spots. Yes. Maybe not. I might be wrong, but that's just the inkling is don't be surprised if let, that let, ends let, up. Let's flip it out this way. Just let's look at it. Okay. Because in my, I, I've said that in my view, this is a better team with Rope Hints on the team. That's my view. They are a better team on October 4th against Arizona Coyotes if he is in the lineup. I think um, he brings something, whatever line he's on, that is intriguing because of the both the speed and size and skill combination that is different than some of the other guys that yeah. are in that and he brings something that a Remy Ellie or a Jamel Smith don't bring for me. And we talk a lot, and Monty talks a lot about having speed and tenacity and things like that. And the, all of them bring speed and tenacity, but for me, he's one of the. He brings speed and tenacity and the ability to actually create plays and show some creativity that the other guys don't can't do with that speed at the same time right. as well. Right. Do they bring energy? Can they yes. get in on the forecheck and disrupt and help change the momentum or build it? Yes, absolutely. But, I mean, here's the real question, Sean. Or not the real question, but here's a question to ask. Is that I haven't seen a whole lot for Brett Ritchie so far in this preseason. Now, we've seen him play a ton of games. I've seen him at his best and know what he's capable of. And the question is, is he in the opening night lineup against Arizona? If you were going to, to look at before training camp began, I would have said yes. I would have thought he probably was on the right wing with Shore and either Ellie or Dickinson at that time. I'm not so sure that's necessarily the case, especially if you have somebody like a Rope hits in the line. Now, granted, Richie's one of the few right-handed shot guys in this group that we're talking about, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't... I mean, for me, I haven't seen much from Bert Ritchie at all in training camp or practice or anything. And it's just, I haven't seen anything that says he needs to be in the lineup based off merit at all. And he's a guy who everyone 
took a bit of there was a bit of a regression for everyone last year in, in, the, in that realm. Um, well, not everyone, but there was a bit of a regression for a lot of guys. Um, there's kind of a two-year regression, I guess. We go back to two years, right? Now. But um, but Richie is a guy who keeps getting opportunities and keeps getting chances, and I keep waiting to see. We keep waiting to see. Okay, is he going to seize that opportunity? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? I mean, he scored 16 goals two years ago. I know that, but I we were looking for 20 plus from him last year. I just I don't see him seizing that opportunity, and I think it's time to. I keep talking about Hens. I think it's time for Hens to be in the lineup because if if you're looking at a fourth line right now, if you're building a fourth line with this group, how how are you building it? If you're going through those 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 guys. If you're a coach, not a GM who's looking at contracts. No, you're just saying, okay, here are the players available. How am I putting it together? It depends on what you're looking for from your fourth line, obviously. But if I feel as though Shore and Hints have to be in that trio. And then I'd have a hard time not looking at Dickinson. Now, how you put that together... Do you put Dickinson and Hintz on the wing and let uh, Shore play the middle? Do you put Shore on his off wing because he's done it before and let Hintz be center? I guess it depends. I think that's maybe the tweak you think about. Now, can Ellie, Smith, Richie, can they all jump in? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, but we'll, it, I think it's just who's playing well at the time. Yeah, I, I look at Smith. But I, 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 I you have to squeeze somebody into the AHL then. Uh, yeah, and you know what? We list names, but... Jamel Smith and Ramielli are clearing waivers. They're not. They're not getting claimed, especially at this time of year. Everyone has a Ramielli and a Jamel Smith. That's the thing. Everyone has that type of guy. And this is. And this goes into the classic. It's not just. It's not just you and I. It's. It's a classic. Management does it too. It's a classic overvaluing of your own assets. Where we think, oh, we don't want to risk a guy on waivers because we, because we. And this goes back to the expansion draft discussions yeah. that we had endlessly, saying, well, you can't. What about this guy? What about this guy? And then you start looking at other teams' lineups, and you say, well, these guys look like they're expendable. And then if you talk to their people, they say, well, we don't want to lose these guys. Yeah. So right. you're right. Fair so, enough. There's still every other team has a Remy Elliott and Smith. They're going to clear. Right. Uh, Jason Dickinson is a first ex first round pick. He's probably not going to clear. Well, I don't think he's going down. He's not going. Uh, Brett Ritchie isn't going to clear. Brett Ritchie's a guy who, if you're going to move, you're going to trade him. Like, you're going to find something for him. Sure. Um, but I think Smith and Elliott clear. I would put them on waivers right now, and I wouldn't worry about them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't lose any sleep about it about losing an asset. Right. So. Should we talk goaltending before we get to the lightning round? Sure, let's do it. Anton Hudobin gets the start. He plays the whole game, as does Devin Dubnik from Minnesota. Hudobin was good. I've seen nothing but positive things from the Stars' new backup goaltender, and it's really encouraging because he just looks sound, doesn't he? Yes. And he looks like every bit of the, you're going in, and I'm not worried about your performance. And that's a really positive thing for the Stars to have behind Ben Bishop. Yeah, he looks. He's looked really good. Um, I didn't like the third goal against. He won't like the third goal against. Which it was, was off the face yeah, off on the power play. It was a bit of a weird tracking situation, I know, but it's still one of those situations where he'll obviously want it back. And just for me, that's kind of that's a place you need to make that technical safe. Just sure. Um, where you even if you even if it catches you off guard, technically your technique needs to bail you out. How many times did I use the word technique in 12 seconds? Any oh. <laughs> um, counting. Anywho, I'm at six so far. Anywho, um, he was really good. Um, really, no chance on the first two goals. Um, first goal was uh, Matt Reed on a one-timer. Matt, bad turnover. Shot. Bad turnover by Jamie Bennett actually that led to it. It was. Uh, a, was it Marcus Foligno, the little backhand 
sauce back to yeah, it. It was a nice play. It's yeah. a really good pass. Yeah. And Reed crushed it. And then the other and then the other one where uh, really nice. I really like Jordan Greenway tonight. Just we talked about a Minnesota player that stood out to me. Greenway's a good player. Former VU yeah. kid. And he made a really nice pass to uh, Joel Erickson Eck for the uh, power play goal. You'd um, like to see uh, if Richie's in the lineup. He's clearly a shooter. You get him the puck in the slot, he can score goals. You'd like to see him be the marauding power forward that looks like Greenway's developing into. Yeah, for, yeah, that's a, that's 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 actually, right? That's a good way to put it. Now, maybe slightly different with the position because Greenway's playing down the middle. But yeah, I, th I think that Richie has more straight classic shooting skill than Greenway does. But Greenway clearly knows who he is. Richie has a heavier shot, but Greenway maybe. Richie's act, shot accuracy is my biggest issue, actually. Okay, right fair, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. But I, I wonder if you could get Richie to be. He's physical. I'm not saying he isn't, but if, if you could see him be the one that goes to the front of the net to stir things up as much as he is throwing his weight along the boards. Uh, again, he's a winger, but why not power in and and be that physical presence in front of the net because he's clearly big and strong. Yeah. Well, when he does, I mean, we're still waiting to see something from him, and that's what he needs to do. So, all right. So as we as we change highways, yes, it's time to go to the lightning round. Uh, early uh, question came during the game. Okay. Uh, Josh wrote in. Did how did Monty's tie look compared to the one from the first game? I will defer to you since you were downstairs for both and I was not. Um, the uh, as far as a uh, they're both they're both good ties. Um, as far as a. Uh, the tie from the first game had a little bit of green in it. It was more of a uh, Stars tie, so I think if you're looking from a uh, Stars fandom standpoint, tie one takes the edge because that's once tonight had a little bit of red in it. <laughs> um, Taylor wrote in questions about the Hint and Gurionov, which we already covered, although Sean Taylor did say in his second question that Gurionov appears to have your eye over the first few games. Is it because you're watching him intently, or because he's been particularly a standout? That's my question, not his. Um, his he has because he's in, he's improved. I, I notice improvement, and I, I watched a lot of live hockey this spring. I went down to Cedar Park and watched a lot of the Calder Cup playoffs, and so he has improved, and improvement stands out to me, and that's why Varyanov has taken taken note. But it's not. I'm still not. He's not on the NHL roster. That's 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 crazy to think that's going to happen. Um, is it crazy to think he plays in the NHL this year? No, but he's not going to be on the opening night roster. Inez writes in questions about the guys from the the seven players yeah. we were talking about for fourth line play. Um, we already answered that, so we'll move on. But I just wanted to give Inez a hello for asking the questions. Yes. Thank a, you to everyone who asked the questions. A different Taylor asked several questions, including uh, one which was, I think, most, most interesting that we haven't talked about. Is Hintz the second-line center of the future? Um, is he the second-line center of the future? That's a good question, because I look at, because obviously Tyler Sagan is the first-line center of the next nine years. Of the present yes. and future. Um, yes. I think Radic Fox is the ideal third-line center for considerable time being, obviously. Yes. We have no idea how his contracts will shake out later in life, but right. but for right now, for, um, right in that wheelhouse. Yeah, I I think at this point, yes. Um, I'm not so sure yet. Uh, no, just as far as hierarchy goes, um, 
It could be. I mean, Spence's contract is up after this year. Yeah, I mean, so there will be an opening for somebody. Yanmark can play in the middle. I'd like him on the wing. Yanmark's not your top six center for me. Yanmark is a good player. But here's, here's my thing about that, though. I, we talked about this before. We were talking about Dallas acquiring during the summer a guy like a Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Artemi Panarin, and presuming that in order to fit that cap space in, Spencer would have to be moved. We thought with the fact that Hitch and Spencer seem to have be at odds at times that there might be well, a trade. If you have a guy like that, yeah, Mark can be your top That's, that's exactly yeah, my point. If you added a top six, uh, really high-scoring NHL threat winger, yeah. He, Val, with Yanmark in the middle, I'd be fine with. I'd be fine with that, yeah. Right, so there is a scenario. Okay, yes. anyway, moving on. Um, um, just, to, I mean, just, are, just real quick, just long, long term on that, just long term to think about that, it comes down to it, what is tied, we think real long term, is tied to Landria that. That could be. Is, is, and Hintz could easily be a yeah, winger, too. Yeah. And with his speed and, and size, I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, you know, marauding down the wing as much as in the middle. Uh, Dylan wrote, what are some of the main differences you guys have seen between how the Stars are playing under Monty's system versus past coaches? That's a long, that's a long question. It's a today. long answer, and it's also not done because we haven't seen the full lineup against a full NHL team in a regular season game. So I feel like this is something that we have to sort of defer to this is, I mean, he, this is a thing to, to mention after the season progresses. This will be an easier question. We can answer it slightly after preseason games uh, six and seven because Monty's kind of looking at playing closer to his real lineup that game. Right. Um, and it's something we can give a better answer to on October 4th against Arizona. But, I mean, the simplest thing is they're playing more aggressively in certain realms and there's – but it, it's hard to judge how much he'll actually trust younger players – because we're watching preseason, he ha- young, young, uh, younger players get more opportunities no matter who they play for in the preseason. So, it's while I, there's a lot of positive signs, I, I want to hold off on answering that question fully until we get yep. into the regular season. Ryan writes in, do you guys think that, that Blake Como will provide more offense than Roos? Yes, 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the appeal of Como is that he has def- a forechecking pressure, defensive tenacity, uh, an edge to his game, and also he has, I think, and look, all, all respect to Antoine Rousseau, who I love as a person, and I think he's a fine NHL hockey player, I think that Blake Como is a better finisher. Oh, yeah. We saw that tonight. He picked a corner beautifully, top, uh, I mean, top right corner of the net over Dubnik, who's not easy to do for a big goaltender like that. Yeah, I mean, I, like, let's, that's a really good shot, and I look to see that a lot. This yeah, year. and this that goal, for example, if Roussel's in that situation, he maybe forces the turnover, but he doesn't go bar down. He, he, sure. he maybe forces that turnover. He, he shoots once it. in a while he picks that shot. Maybe, but, but no, but Como is... Como Como's, is like, it's it, more expected finish. Yes. So I like that. I, and I'm looking for him to... To bolster that line with Fox and Pitlick, I'd like to see them all be in the. Wouldn't you think a 15 goals or so average for those three would be a real boost to the, the depth scoring? That would be highly ideal. I mean, Pitlick and Fox each had about uh, 14 and 17, I think, were yeah. their totals last year. Yeah. Uh, Roussel was the one that didn't have as many. Yeah. And we're not here to pick on him. The, but the other thing about Como over Roussel, and this is not to pick on Roussel, but it's going to sound like it is, when Roussel had a bad night, he disappeared. Como has is very good at, and this is something that Montgomery pointed out to me, and I went back and watched a little bit of film on it myself. Um, he has a, he's very good at when he's not having a good night, he's still having an okay night. Right. He doesn't completely 
zone out. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. Uh, Court writes in thoughts on the topic of the night, Rope's hair. Um, it's, it's a good head of hair. A quick Rope his hair story from Traverse City. Um, oh, I was uh, standing next to a group of uh, prospects from the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the stars walked the stars walked by, and Rope walked by, and the one Blue Jackets prospect said to the other, he said, said, man, I just want to go run my fingers through that guy's hair. I, <laughs> this is actually a conversation I overheard. Real between, yes, actual between, and uh, names are... Uh, are hidden to uh, protect the innocent. <laughs> I don't know if innocent is a protect the identities, at least. Um, Bradley writes in, any updates on Sagan's health? He's fine. He's fine. Even if it's a nick, even if it's something small, he'll play on October 4th. He'll, he'll probably play if he... I, I would admit he'll play almost every game this season. So you're not worried about the opening night rush? I'm not worried about it. I'm more concerned about Stephen Johns. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a concern. Maybe that's something we can wrap up with because once again we saw Miro Haskinen playing on the right with Mark Mathot on the left. Game high, 23 minutes, I think. And with it clearly seems like Lindell and Klingberg is your number one defensive pairing. Mm -hmm. And if Johns is unable to play in the opener, which is becoming a bit more of a possibility, because I thought for sure you were going to see Haskinen and Johns as the second pairing with yep. Mathot playing with Honka as your third pair. Mm -hmm. Now... It looks as though Johns may or may not be. We don't know, but there's more of a question mark. Yeah. And I think. Then a lot of absences. And with Mathot and Haskin as your second pair, I'm okay. I'm comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And then that leaves Honka with either Pollock or Hetherington. Or Beirutha. Or Beirutha. Beirutha has passed Hetherington. Uh, so I, I think you're probably going to see Roman Pollock I'm not saying with that. Honka for yes, your yes, opening that's, night. That's trail, but, saying, yes. but that's an interesting thought. Does Beirutha make the NHL? opening night roster, not the lineup, but the roster over Dylan Hetherington who played tonight. Bay Ruther did not because he and Hawka played the first three, the only ones to play the first three games. Um, it, it's, it's quirky because it also comes down to the waivers thing. Yes. Because uh, Hetherington requires waivers, Bay Ruther does not. Right. Um, it's the type of thing where I think... I think Bayreuther ends up starting the season in the AHL merely to protect the assets and, and just to play too, um, or you know what? They just slip Hetherington through waivers soon just to avoid what happened with Patrick Nemeth, and he's not the same level player Patrick Nemeth was, but right. just to avoid and what happened. Again, with Nemeth, Nemeth had a lot more NHL games yeah. experience under his belt when that happened, but yeah, um, yeah it'll be interesting to see, and I, I don't know if that will. Like, Nemeth obviously merited a roster spot and deserved it with Colorado uh, and really earned his ice time and was one of their better defensemen uh, last year. And they made the playoffs. Yeah. So there's that too. So uh, a lot of things to look for, Sean, from the next three preseason games. There'll be two on the road and then finish up on Sunday at home against Colorado, the aforementioned Avalanche. Yes. And I would venture to guess, and this is probably not a hard one, that we'll see Ben Bishop play in the next one, yep. followed by Hudobin in the next one, and then Bishop probably in the preseason finale to set up for Thursday, October 4th, where I would, again, venture to say he will start. And uh, and as you said, Landon Bo gets to back up for three more preseason games. Yeah, good for Landon Bo. Um, I think uh, the other quick takeaway from tonight... Um, I thought with this game, and we're just kind of seeing how things come together, 
it seems like it's going to be a fun team to cover this season. Like it seems like it's it seems like it's going to be a fun year for us. At well, least. two reasons. One is is that the group is a little bit younger in the sense of Nichushkin back in it and possibly Hints or Dickinson being a more prominent player, uh, as well as a little bit quicker maybe. Mm-hmm. And in doing so. Maybe a little bit. And, and, and then the big thing to me is the Montgomery style. It's very different. It's much more pressure up the ice, want the defense to get forward. It's not quite so helter-skelter, Lindy Ruff, send four guys rushing crazy into the offensive zone. And then we're, it's, I feel like it's controlled chaos instead of straight chaos. Don't you Is that fair? I agree. All right, so that wraps up tonight's car cast. Uh, we started with a bizarre backwards logic and finished with what was a little bit more of a normal chronology. Yeah, I guess it, it all makes sense in the end. Everyone have a wonderful evening or morning, whenever you listen.